This is Banging on the Drum. It is another beautiful day in West Central Wisconsin. Maybe. I don't know how beautiful it is after that last Packer game, but let me ask Mike, how, how beautiful is it up there in West Central Wisconsin right now? So it's a beautiful day, overcast, but still beautiful, right up until like eight at seven o'clock or so when it started like downpouring. So, but that's okay. Um, the real downfall is that the Packers decided to really, I don't know, shit the bed this week. So they sure did. And I like how uh, a beautiful day is, uh, you assume weather when I say a beautiful day. When it could mean so many other different things. Yeah, I think that that's always my go-to with, uh, like, when you talk about the day. If the weather isn't nice, then I figure. And really, like, rain isn't a problem. Rain's actually probably pretty good. It's better than being in the desert, right? Yeah. Rain makes corn. Corn makes whiskey. You know? Yep. Sipping on whiskey tonight. I think I might have bit off a little bit more than I can chew. I still am naive to the the straight whiskey. Well, I guess it's bourbon. Bourbon's whiskey. See, I'm so yes. dumb. I don't yeah. even know what that is. So but. bourbon is, um, from what I understand, so somebody's going to like lose their mind on this that really knows, but I believe bourbon is anything that is created in America and has more than 50% corn in it. Okay. So their mat their mash is more than 50% corn and it's in America. And I know a lot like there there I know for sure there's some people that think bourbon is only created in Bourbon County, Kentucky, but I don't believe that that's true. Yeah, I have no clue. Um we got bourbon uh because we were learning about what a hot toddy is. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Okay. So apparently it's pretty good for when you're sick and my wife's been a little under the weather. So we were trying out new things. And of course, uh, her coworker from Alabama was like, yes, this thing will fix everything. And I was like, that's, that's the most Alabama remedy I've ever heard of. You just drink whiskey. But so I bought, I went into the store to buy bourbon and then I didn't even realize bourbon was whiskey. Uh, when I went into the store. So I was just like asking the guy, I was like, where's the bourbon? And I walked right past it. Cause I was like, this is all whiskey. But then yeah. I just bought the bottle that had bourbon in the biggest letters on it with some Jim Beam. And now I've been trying to sip it a little at a time. Um, did the hot toddy work? No, it did not work very well. Um, did you put honey in it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Was it there was honey all, part of it? Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because, yeah, I tried one. And, man, I, I, like, had to brush my teeth afterwards. It was so, like, <laughs> sugary and stuff. I couldn't even yeah. believe it. But, yeah, it just made my mouth feel like shit afterwards. But, anyways, you ready to roll into this thing? Yeah, I think so. I'll get started with my unders. So, my third grade uh, Falcon football season is over. And in our tournament, we did not fare so well either team. So one team got one win and one loss. And then our other team, two losses straight away, which is a little disappointing, but is what it is. We had a lot of fun all season, so I can I can be pretty happy about that. But 
I'm a little disappointed that I'm no longer a coach of anyone. Are you going to stick it out though? Are those going to be your kids? Like you going to roll, roll with them? So that'll depend on whether or not my daughter chooses to play through like fifth and sixth grade, right? Okay. Fourth grade too. So um, if she decides like next year, shit, she's not going to play and she wants to do something else. I probably won't engage too much. Right. So. Yeah, no, I think that's the smart move is like not for someone to, but I think you should start drawing up some sweet flag football plays. I think that was part of my problem is that I underestimated what the kids could learn. Right. And I think they could have probably learned more if I had like a second coach to help me like have eyes on, like to help control the situation and then to help me like teach things too. So I'm not always the best teacher on things. I expect nine-year-olds to know what 15-year-olds sometimes don't like grasp onto. And I feel like I should just be able to tell them they should be able to do things. And that's not accurate, right? Yeah. I know. I need to learn things as a coach is the same as they need to learn things as players. It's tough too. Cause it, it's weird how like, so baseball, baseball and golf are weird ones to me is when people are, so I even still have trouble when tell people are telling me stuff in golf. Um, I'm starting to pick it up a little bit more because yeah, like keep your club face like open, more open or don't close your club face. Like I get what that means now. But like when I was first starting golfing, I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And then when I would be teaching my nephew stuff in baseball, like I can't think of a good example right now, but there was a bunch of stuff that I was saying is like, you know, I was like, put your back foot back a little bit further. And then he would go back, but he would put it like the opposite way or like closing and opening. So he would like close his stance and I just wanted to like step back in the box and just stuff like that. It's just hard to, yeah, hard to know how to explain it too much without just almost physically grabbing their leg and just being like, you need your, this leg to be back further or like forward or like open your shoulders, keep your eye on the ball type stuff. Swing down yeah, on the ball. Yeah. And I wonder like how much good coaches, even at like the pro level, right? Like actually like physically adjust their players. Yeah. No, I bet you, I bet you, well, I think once they get up, like if you make it to the majors, you, you definitely, I think can take cues. Cause I think you'll run into a coach that has like good enough cues. I always remember that with like personal training is like the best personal trainers. Not that I ever had like a real personal trainer, but I knew I sucked at personal training when I had my personal. And we had some good ones around. Yeah. There were people that were good. Yeah. But they would have good cues. Like, like pinch your shoulder blades. Like like you're trying to squeeze like a pencil in your back and you'd be like, Oh, okay. I get what that means. Like if I was trying to hold a, trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just like, but yeah, if someone just says, don't make sure your knees don't go over your toes. Like, you're like, oh, how do I do that? Yeah. Right? Like, like, okay, I'm doing that, but how do I stop doing it? Yeah. You know, it's a big piece of it. Exactly. Yeah. I think you just got to learn how to give good cues like that. Like dumb, dumb the stuff down for lack of a better term. Like the Packers need to do is uh, dumb the play to look down a little bit. But uh, Yeah. Maybe a little bit. They need to just like get things 
kind of under control, right? Oh, I got, so, I got more, more to talk about with the play calling and that, but we'll, yeah. we'll save that. We'll save that. So you're right, under. I'll, ju- I'll jump into that? my over, which is kind of the same thing. Like it's in the same realm anywhere, which is makes me pretty happy. Um, so my, my daughter's feeling a little bit under the weather. So our, our family in general was kind of just, it seemed like everybody was kind of blah on like late Saturday and Sunday and just ran on Friday, ran on Saturday. So maybe attributed to that, but my daughter wasn't feeling well on Sunday. So she stayed home. And so I'm cleaning the house and, and then I sit down and watch the football game. Right. And she comes in and she's like, asking me a few questions about the football game. And she's like, man, I feel like I know so much more about football now after I played a little bit, which makes me pretty happy because I could tell that she was interested in sitting and watching with me. And that's something that like, I would like to see happen, you know? So like my five-year-old boy is not there yet, right? He doesn't want to sit and watch football with me and neither does the three-year-old, but you know, my nine-year-old, like she came in and she probably watched a good, a quarter and a half or two quarters with me, like probably the second and third quarter. And then at the end of the third quarter, she's like, if we tie it up, let me know. Or if we get ahead, let me know. Like she wanted to see us win too. So yeah. I was, it was a kind of a cool moment with my daughter. Yeah, no, that's smart. That's smart on her half too. Just be like, I don't need to see this shit right now. Like just t- <laughs> tell me when stuff starting to go, go good already. But no, that is impressive out of a nine-year-old in like this day and age. Cause I remember I, so, I mean, we had really good, Packer teams when I was young so it was like easy to be captivated by those guys but we didn't have so much shit competing for our attention either I mean I did have Sega and I did play the shit out of the Sega but I would pause my Sega to go up and watch like you know the 96 97 Packer team yeah and granted I probably wasn't perfect like as a kid I probably I I remember going back downstairs at halftime to play the game and like then I'd be like, get lost in the game and I would come back up and it would be like all over or something like that. But, but I mean, they got like iPads, YouTube, this, that, the other. So it's good if you got a nine-year-old that's actually interested in, in a football game. Yeah. And so we had another TV that I could play Nintendo on. I didn't too often. So probably right around first grade, I got really into football, but I never, I don't know that I stuck out a lot of games where I watched the whole thing during that time. So at nine, I would, it would have been like 93 or 94 something like that. And I like, I can remember my parents being upset about Favre taking the field. Like that's like, and I don't know if it's like a, like a true memory, but I remember like them complaining that there's no way we're going to win games anymore because Mikowski's out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they would, they would watch every Sunday and probably until I was, nine or 10, like that was the only TV in the house. Like I didn't have another TV for playing Nintendo and stuff like that until a little bit later anyway. And so like, if I wanted to watch something, it was the football game and I was being quiet and I was sitting down and not being crazy, which is what I expect out of my kids to do something else or be quiet and watch the game. Yeah. I want to, I, I probably should ask. I know like my dad used me as like a little bit of a bar trick. Cause I was, I was a pretty big, like roster nice. guy when I was a little kid. Yeah. And, and my dad would be like, if he can name all 
like we'd be at the foxhole and my dad would be like, if he can name like the whole offense, like, uh, will you give me my beer for free or, or something like that? My dad wasn't like yeah. a big drinker or anything, but like, and, and I would just like be able to rattle them off. But like my parents would take me to like the, the family day and like the, the preseason yeah. camps and stuff like that. So like I was locked in cause that was my favorite time of the year at that time. But, but cool yeah. shit. If she's getting in into the game, she's getting into night. it a little bit, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And I'm sure if you take them to those like family days and things like that, I know you're kind of plugged into the Badgers when it comes to that stuff now with uh, that softball, football, basketball game. Yeah. And I think that'll like really engage her with the Badgers, right? For sure. And then we'll see where it goes. She might end up being a Raiders fan because we go out lit last year. We went out to the Raiders versus the Knights game. So <laughs> yeah, that would be terrible. I got my nephews are all, or my nephew who's pretty good, and my nieces are all Broncos fans. Drives me crazy. So Harper's sticking with the Packers. I can I can deal with her. That's good. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, I will roll into mine, and mine are pretty. So I had a pretty good week, other than betting wise. Uh, so mine tie into the show like almost directly. So I'm pretty sure I'm going to be running a 10K at the end of the year already, and we're not even halfway through the season. So so our bet is whoever has the least amount of bing bongs at the end of the season has to run a 10K, do a shoey, smoke some cigarettes, wear a shitty T-shirt like while we're doing this. But, man, my cold streak is even going to off of like just – off the the NFL book, I guess, or the sports book. Um, so <clears throat> it kind of ties into my over. So my over, yeah, we're just going to mesh these things. So my over is I got to go to like a super fancy fundraiser at the Civic Center, which if, if you don't know, that's where uh, Florida State plays their basketball games. So I didn't even know cool. we, were, we were going to this thing at first. Well, I knew I was going to like some sort of fundraiser, but I didn't know like the level of like what I was going to be going to. And I was told to dress formal. So like when I'm dressing up, I got a couple suits and I was like, all right, I'm going to wear my suit. And then my, my shirt, I wasn't going to wear a tie at first, but my shirt, like the collar was so starch from like the last time I wore it that like, it would look goofy if I didn't put a tie on with it. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to put a tie on just because it's it's going to look stupid if I don't. But thank God I did because everybody was like just dressed like tuxes, things like that. Like I was, I wouldn't say I was underdressed, but I was like right in the middle of the road, like wearing a suit and tie. But it was so sweet. It was like, I, I felt like I was at a fundraiser that Bruce Wayne would would throw like I thought there was going to be like a villain that showed up, but it was uh, it, no it, villains. It, so how disappointing! Yeah, I yeah, know, but uh, but it was like cards, cards against cancer. So it was breast cancer uh, fundraiser, and it was pretty cool just to see like the Tallahassee community and like how how hard 
they fight back against that stuff. Um, but yeah, like the table we were at, apparently someone paid. So I heard two numbers and they're actually pretty far apart. So I don't know which number is true, but I heard we paid two. The group I was with paid either $2,000 for the table or for $8,000 for the table. I did not pay, pay this money for the table. So we went with one of my wife's friends who's, uh, company she works for sponsored the table so like, cool. I, I don't know it, but yeah it was, it was interesting but it was a uh, uh, casino night and i they, they gave you like funny money or something but i went over to the roulette table so this this ties back into the under and i had i think it was a thousand dollar bill of funny money I don't even know what you would have won if you like ended up winning these things. But so my, my plan was I'm going to play black every single time on the roulette table. So four hands in a row, I play black and put, I don't remember the amounts I was putting on it, but I would play black. And then I was like doubling down on my shit. So I would take like four, six, uh, I'm not super familiar yeah, with that, but they were all black numbers. So I was like, okay, black hits. And then my number hits, I'm going to be good to go. Can, I'm pretty sure you can just bet on black. You can. And that's what I was doing. So I would put like a okay. hundred on black and then I would put like 25 on four numbers. So like basically okay. I was playing 200 uh, uh, of okay. spin or whatever. And I was putting it all, all on black and then 25 on four different black numbers, whatever, like not getting into it. But so I did it four times in a row. It came up red four times in a row. Then finally, my uh, wife walked up to me and I was like, I am just getting cleaned out right here. I was like, it's got to be black this time. And she talked me into going red. And it was black. Sure, sure enough, I put my shit on red. It is black. I didn't win one single thing. I had like no satisfaction of the whole night. It was just, you know, like you just want like one moment where you're like, yeah, I did it. Finally. I didn't get that. Yep. Like it was just like yep. walk away with my tail tucked between my legs. And then like right, right when that happened, like the table started getting like too busy. So I wasn't going to like elbow my way into it but anyways super cool fundraiser was definitely at a place where like i outkicked my coverage i was definitely the poorest person in that room <laughs> and but it was it was still cool to to be a part of it so yeah i would imagine that there's other people in that room that uh, like are in the same boat as you there's a few yeah not a no, lot, there are, but there's a few and like is there anybody like excessively famous from tallahassee I mean, I mean, outside of football players. Uh, So do guys like that show up? T-Pain was there. Um, I'm assuming you're lying to me, but. (laughs) Lil Wayne showed up because he was good with T-Pain. So no, no, there was like nobody famous. It was, it was mostly, I mean, if there was anybody famous there, I did not know who they were, but yeah, it was mostly just like big time bankers and big time health pharma stuff. Like 
I assume, okay. I guess I'm, I'm just stereotyping the crowd. Bert Kreischer uh, wasn't there. No, he wasn't. And then, see, that's a that's a big one. That's from Tallahassee. So no, he wasn't. I don't. But is that, he that from was, Tallahassee or just went to Florida State? He's a Florida boy. I know that for sure. I I okay. don't know if he's from Tallahassee specifically, but but yeah, that'd be a cool one to go. And I think T Pain's also T Pain's actually from Tallahassee. So okay. Um, or yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Hey, you can fact check me on that one. I, I think I got it. But yeah, anyways, don't need cool, to. Cool fundraiser. All right, you ready to get in the meat of the show? I'm gonna do the bucks first, just because I'll be real quick with the bucks. We're gonna go bucks, roll into the Badgers, and let Mike take the Packers, and then we will do the Bing Bong recap. We're gonna go through week seven, the fastest we've ever done it and we're going to finish it up with some thursday night thunder this episode is going to be under an hour and 15 minutes mike i'm, I'm telling you i'm telling you right now we're going to do it all right so with fucking bucks, go. all right bucks are two and oh on the season uh since the last episode they crushed the rockets at home uh just boat race that team from front to back Giannis scores 45 or 44 points has 12 rebounds Team shoots 56.5% from the field, 51.6 from three, and 61.9 from the line. So with them shooting like shit from the line, this game could have got a lot uglier um, than it did get. So the Bucks win this one, 125 to 105. And Drew Holiday also had a real good game. Uh, I want to say he had 10 assists. And now I'm looking at 19 points. So, so our big two that we're playing definitely crushed it. And then the rest of the team just chipped in. Very good team effort there. And looking at it, and I did go back and watch it, but the Bucs um, outscored the Rockets 41 to 23 in the first quarter. And then I don't think the game really ever got within 15 points throughout the rest of the game. So they're looking real good. They're humming. I know the Rockets aren't quite the team to not a measuring stick team by any means, but uh, next games that we have, I know the next game is against the Nets. I want to say that it's Wednesday night. Um, Wednesday at 630 against the Nets. Uh, Friday at seven against the Knicks. And Saturday at seven against the Hawks. Yeah. So the Nets might be a good a good measuring stick game. I'll probably I'll probably get to watch that game. Uh, it starts at seven thirty my time, and that's going to be on ESPN. Uh, and then it looks like I'm going to have to go back and watch the Knicks and the Hawks games after the fact. But I am looking forward to this Bucks team because this. Packers team has been disappointing me. So I might, I might be diving a little bit harder into the Bucks than than I have in the recent recent history. But that's yeah, I could I could see that, but I definitely I definitely have not lost faith. I'm not doubting the Packers. So you can eat my shorts. Yeah, you're not eating any shorts yet. All right. So mm-hmm. let's roll into this badger game. So Badgers absolute absolutely whoop some Purdue ass. I'm already feeling the the whiskey. I did I definitely poured too much whiskey for uh sipping whiskey. But anyway, nice job, Pat. 
Yep, yep. They jump out to a 21-0 start. Uh, first drive, Mertz hits Skylar Bell on a 27-yard gain. Then he finishes the drive with 29-yard touchdown pass. So two 29-yard passes to Bell. Um, and the second one being a touchdown. Then John Torchio picks off pass, runs it back 31 yards for a touchdown. Torchio had a hell of a day. Um, I seen a tweet. He uh, won Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, which was rightfully so because he was a ball hawk in this one. Uh, Purdue tries to bounce back after that. They put together a pretty nice 66-yard drive, but they end up missing the field goal. Uh, I jinxed the living shit out of their field goal kicker. I don't know if you remember the preview, but I was talking about how he hit. He was six for six within 40. Um, definitely, definitely missed like a 26 yarder or something like that. Uh, but after that, Wisconsin takes full advantage. Uh, Braylon Allen busts off a 41 yard drive or a 41 yard run in the next drive. And then they capped it off with a three yard TD. TD pass to Shimmeray DK. Uh, second quarter, not much was going on in there. The Badgers kind of go cold. Uh, they had a 21 nothing lead. Purdue did get a field goal. So going into the third quarter, uh, Wisconsin was up 21 to three. Started the second half off with another John Torchio pick, set up the Badgers on Purdue's 14 yard line. Braylon Allen has a 14-yard touchdown run. I want to say it was on second down. Uh, puts the Badgers up 28-3, to three, and this game was pretty much over. Uh, Purdue ends up getting a TD after the Badgers muffed a punt. I forget who muffed the punt, but whatever. That was that was about the only time uh, they gave. Usually it's Ingram that returns, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think Usually. it was. I don't think it okay. was him, though. It, it was a little dude. Um, but yeah, they get a touchdown, but then Wisconsin strikes right back, uh, 54 yard TD run from Isaac Garendo. I should know how to say that better, but yeah, I think it's Garanato. Um, Garanato. Yep. Whiskey's whiskey's hitting me, but Garanato, yeah, has a huge run. So the, the game was never in doubt, uh, after that. So the Badgers are up 35 to 10. Uh, Purdue makes it look a little bit closer than it was at the end. Score uh, two touchdowns in garbage time at the end of this one. One of the touchdowns, too, was a little bit questionable. It looked like the Badgers stopped them on fourth and goal. I I don't know how, like, if that one goes to review how they gave them the first touchdown that they got in that one. But I think they were just kind of like, this game's over, whatever, give it to them, let's go. Yeah, so uh, I was kind of watching that portion of it. I think we were back home by then. And to me, like, I see no reason that we don't have cameras on the goal line. And that's what the official said is there's no, like, right on the goal line cameras. I don't understand why we don't have, like, just nine cameras that run up one side. So you can't get really blocked right on the goal line. And then, like, nine cameras on the other side. And you're going to get some view of it then cameras are so cheap, right? Like I'm not expecting you to have the best camera in the goddamn world pointing on it. If it's a still camera that never moves, it doesn't have to adjust to the picture. It just catches what's going on. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
Yeah, that seems crazy. I like I just assume that they did have that, but I, I'm surprised even more so that there's not something in the ball. But I guess you know, like in tennis, where it's like in or out, and it's very like clear. If you did that in football, though, you'd still have to like judge where the knee was down because. I guess like a guy could reach across the yeah. line with his knee down. So yeah, I guess that wouldn't be perfect technology. Uh, when I first thought of that, I was like, oh shit, maybe I'm coming up with some genius, but I'm sure someone else has thought of it and it isn't going to be a perfect system because it's going to tell you he scored a touchdown even before his knees down, I guess, unless you put something in like knee pads, elbow pads, but that would, that would get to yeah. too much. Uh, so, but I think my biggest problem with like the review of it is that it took three and a half minutes to do it. When, if you can't tell, you pretty much know you can't tell right off the jump and just say like, it's good. We're moving on. Right. Yeah. Unless no. it's something that's determining the game, you shouldn't spend that much time on it. Yeah. No, I think at this point I was on my way to uh, Bruce Wayne's, breast cancer fund fundraiser and I, I was going to it pretty happy because because yeah i was like oh the badgers played good but that's what happens though when you jump up to a fast start like that i don't know how much better the badgers are than purdue even if they are better than purdue but they just jumped on them early and yeah they and they played great pass defense against them very opportunistic i know the badgers have been picking off balls all year long but they've been given a little bit more and what was his name it was like charlie jones or something very basic yep. like that. it was jones uh, it was jones i don't remember the first name but it was jones yeah it, it is a really good receiver uh as we mentioned in the preview but it looks like they knew that going in um and yeah, they took care of business. So, great is Torchio the next Ed Reed? Uh, he might be the next Jim Leonard. Goddamn, so. like that guy. I think he's got because didn't he was the one early in the season a pick six too? Like he catches it on like the goal line and takes it to the house. I would maybe not have to look at that. How many touchdowns that Torchio has on the season? Um, don't have it up right now, but I could probably get it to you before you're done with the Packers stuff. But yeah, like but he's said, got a minimum of three picks. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of huge in college football. I think let, let me get it for the people. Let me get it for the people. So we have interceptions. Tarchio has five interceptions on the year and he does have two touchdowns. So, so look at you, Mike, you, you are I mean, right he looks on like it. He looks like the next Ed Reed. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Joe Torchio. Remember the name. Torchio. He's going to torture. <laughs> but, but remember his first name more so than his last name. Yeah, it's probably not Joe. So I'm <laughs> just banking on that right there. Could be, but um, it's probably John. Is it John Torchio? It feels it's like it's John. It's most definitely John Torchio. But yeah, okay. five interceptions, 150 yards. Um, hundred. So he had a hundred yard long. I, for some reason, I don't remember that. Like, I think when, it was one of the first two games, one of the games where like they're driving down and they shouldn't score any points on the Wisconsin defense. We're ranked still in the top 20 in the country. 
and he just scoops like he gets an interception and just cooks it down there right yeah no he definitely looks like a stud because he is all over the field it's not even just like the picks that he's coming up with he just looks like that smart guy so uh i think you know playing for a smart former safety that was pretty opportunistic in jim leonard um you know it's yeah, gonna help you help you be good so uh, next game we have is Maryland, but we will cover that in our next episode. But I think so. W- what else could we cover? Because you were engaging with someone on Twitter uh, that was saying um, that Leonard already that, uh, shit the bed and the defense isn't that good. And I and don't it, see that. Like, I get that they haven't been awesome. But to some extent, if you're not getting off the field, it's almost impossible to play defense, right? And so the longer you're out there, the more tired you're getting, like it's challenging to play defense against that. Um, When you're muffing a punt and somebody takes over after, you know, you weren't even off the field for 30 seconds, right? You get less than one play off the field and then you're back on the field. That's demoralizing. It's tough to play in that mental attitude. It's tough to play when they take three plays and then they throw a pick and you're up against the back of your, you know, your end zones right behind you. We've had some games where the defense doesn't look awesome, right? But if they have to start at their 15 every, every time, the defense has looked pretty damn good most of the time. Um, also they're young, I think, and they've brought in, uh, transfers, um, new guys. A lot of guys went to the NFL. I mean, so we saw a guy and I don't know how long he's been in the league, Wild Goose. but we saw, yeah, we saw a guy for the commanders playing really good defense that he never played defense like that at Wisconsin. It didn't feel like. No, like that's he was not true. he was given Wild, Wild Goose was a was a stud. I think what happened with Wild Goose though was like I think that COVID stuff made him quit. I, I could be wrong, okay. but I remember no, you could be right too. No, no, I remember when Wild Goose was on the field, he was a stud because it was weird seeing his name because I was like, what whatever happened with Wild Goose? And yeah. and I couldn't remember either. And he was in the NFL. Um but no, he he was definitely a stud at Wisconsin. Like he he was a guy okay. that you didn't want to throw at, was for sure. Um, yeah, and I feel like I just remember him getting burned a few times, and it's probably like an Ohio State game where you're going up against just elite level wide receivers, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and he played really well for the Commanders this weekend, and I guess with that we can kind of roll into the Packers and talk about how they've really lost their first game to a really not good opponent. And that's um anyway, they end up the Packers end up getting an early lead and then squandering it. Pretty similar to the last few games um this year. And we've really played a very similar game for the last four weeks. So Patriots, Giants, uh Jets and Commanders have all been Kind of the same. So the Jets, we don't get out to like a huge lead or anything like that, but we've got out to a lead and then kind of shit the bed 
in a lot of those games, and even in the Patriots game, which we end up winning, we're up, and then all of a sudden we aren't, right? Um, so we'll get into kind of how the possessions go. Aaron Rodgers rushes for a TD in the first quarter. or uh, I think it was actually like a shuffle pass right in front of him, right, that he ends yeah. up in the end zone. And then Aaron Jones, though, Rodgers didn't get that one. Yeah, Rodgers threw it, though. Rogers. Yeah, Rogers I'm sorry. Aaron, Aaron, yeah, Rogers to Jones. I'm sorry about that. Uh, uh, shuffle pass in for a TD in the first quarter. And then Amari Rogers uh, muffs a punt and uh, sets the commies up for a field goal. Uh, early in the second quarter, DeAndre Campbell gets a pick six, put the Packers up 14 to three. Uh, right after that, Rashawn Gary runs down Heineke after he kind of flees the pocket right up the middle forces a fumble, which is returned for a touchdown, and then only to have it return like overturned by a penalty on Stokes. This the penalty on Stokes, I think, was uh for lack of a better term, like ticky tack, right? Um it looked like Gibson pushed Stokes to me, and not so much that Stokes was pushing Gibson. There was definitely contact beyond the five yard marker, but I think that could have easily been on like the off the offensive guy kind of running into the defender because the defender didn't move on his double move. Right? Like he didn't actually like adjust to that double move. Yeah, I'm trying to like, even remember that. Cause yeah, I was locked into the whole game and now now that's well, so, foreign to me. It was on the fumble, right? So, like, they fumble, and then they pick it up, and they return it. And it was really the, kind of the turning point of the game, I believe. Oh, that, shit. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah, yeah. that was was It was very tick call. call. Yeah, yeah it was a it, rough call to take as a fan. And it was, like, a call like you don't even hear that much. It wasn't even – it was a legal contact. Like, it wasn't holding. Yeah. It wasn't, like, pass interference. It was a legal contact that yeah damn yeah i can't believe that one escaped my mind while you were talking about that yeah so that was absolutely bullshit in my opinion uh yeah i agree 100 percent. and i like i said i think that gibson was the guy who pushed into him like i thought gibson made the engagement and not uh stokes which would be illegal contact on him. He's making contact 10 yards down the field, not the defender. I get that the refs are never going to call that. I understand that. Like, I'm not an idiot. Um, but like, that's a good place to swallow your whistle. Yeah. Especially like, that's it, not, that's not a penalty you call not there. Right. If, if he ends up throwing the ball in that direction and you want to make that call. Okay. I get it. Like I can at least like handle that shit. That was a dumb place to make that call. I thought. No, I but agree. With I'm biased. 100%. Yeah. But those announcers were a little weird too. Like I, I'm never one to, to be like, Oh, the announcers like don't care for us, but man, I was really, and maybe I'm just like turning sour with this season right now. Yeah. But could be but right? like, I was, I was really feeling the hate, like anything that went Washington's way. It was like, yeah, that, that went their way for a reason. Like, and then anything that went the Packers way, I don't want to be that guy, but 
anyways, I felt, I felt that way. I was getting angry, but I was already angry. So right. And so I, uh, I believe, and so like the guy I was talking to at work didn't think this is the way it went, but I thought that they finished that drive with a touchdown pass to Antonio Gibson, essentially making that like a 14 point swing. Right. I imagining that Mason makes the, makes the kick. Um, in any way, it ends up being 14 to 10 going into halftime. Um, third quarter comes around. Commies come out and throw a touchdown to Terry McLaurin on deep pass where Alexander gets beat one-on-one. Um, I think that that's just what happens sometimes when you have a probably top 15 wide receiver in the league that he just beats good good cornerbacks. Like a good wide receiver on occasion is going to beat a good corner, especially if you leave them one-on-one and you're not putting enough pressure on the quarterback. And I don't think that the Packers put enough pressure on the quarterback pretty much all day. Yeah. But it just even, wasn't enough. Even with that play, though, like it, it wasn't like it was an easy catch. Like it wasn't like no, no, he it was got a great like throw. burned or something. Like, nope. It was a great throw. It was a great catch. And Alexander wasn't in the worst position in the world. He just wasn't in position to make that stop. Right. I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty fair to it say was that, that was catch. the case. Yep. I agree. And it was a good throw. Like Heineke killed that throw. Yeah. Um, but that's why you got to put pressure on him. So he can't make like really, really good throws. Like that's quarterbacks under pressure. Don't make as good of throws. That's the way it generally goes, especially backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, uh, second drive, they, uh, go down and they get a field goal, go up 20 to 14 fourth quarter comes around, uh, Kami's first drive. They pick up another field goal to go up nine, which really makes the game feel like it is kind of out of reach for the Packers. Cause they couldn't do anything since the middle of the second quarter. Um, it seems like they start to play with the Packers start to play with some urgency and then they, uh, they get a few calls, so there were definitely some calls that went our way on that, like things that didn't need to be called, just like the uh, uh, co- uh, legal contact or whatever, some stuff that probably didn't need to be called, but we'll take it. We go down the field, um, scramble play, Rogers throws another touchdown to Aaron Jones, and I think again, they just did not get the ball to Jones enough. When it when it comes down to it, the Packers were 0-6 on third downs. The commies had 15 more minutes of possession. That's a recipe for losing games. Um, you did not keep the ball in out of their offensive hands. It's hard to score on defense. So if you can put their defense on the field longer, we're gonna have a better opportunity. Our defense. Um, did give up 132 more yards than their defense did, but being on the field 15 more minutes, I would expect that to be a much worse number. Our defense played what I consider to be pretty well. Like I said in past podcasts, I think that number is 23, 24, 25, somewhere right in there where it's flipped from offense to defense. I would say this this is an offensive problem currently Yeah, that we didn't put enough points up to win the game rather than the defense not stopping them enough. All right, and our Mike, offense let's, let's just hard doesn't line, Let's hardline that number because I think you got it pegged. I think it's 23 and a half. 
I think. <laughs> okay. I think Fair. you put it yep. at 23 and a half. So if you score 23 points and you or wait. So if you th- score 24 points and don't win, it's on your defense. Yes. I right. Like and if you score 23 points and don't win, it's on your offense. Mm-hmm. And so no, like it seems about right. I think it's right there, right? In the NFL, giving up 21 points is not like this ridiculous thing, I don't think. And for the Packers, it definitely isn't. We've been giving up 20 plus points for the last 15 years pretty consistently. Yeah. Yeah. No. And the Jones touches thing is just crazy. Cause I want to say in like the first two drives, I'm going to look here real quick, but so Jones got the ball one, two. Anyway. Yeah. So Jones, Jones ended up getting the ball, what, 16 times, eight receptions, eight carries. Yeah. And I want, that's just not enough. And I want to say I get eight of those in the first two drives. And then Dylan only carried the ball four times. Yeah, it wasn't a lot. Which is not enough. I don't care if you're not getting yards. You have to give the ball to your running backs, especially on like, say, I don't know, fourth and one. And there's guys on our team that are ridiculous athletes, guys like Zach Tom, who maybe you just line up as a fullback and blow up a linebacker and let A.J. Dillon run behind him, and he can blow up the next linebacker that fills that hole. And so there's, I think there's ways to be creative with the ball, and the Packers just aren't doing it currently. Um, I'll get into some things that are really bothering me. I think it is starting to sound that I'm pretty heated about this game because I kind of am. I, don't, I think this is the first game that I'm really upset about, mostly due to the fact that I think this is the first bad team we've lost to. I don't think the commanders are good and I don't like losing to bad teams. I think that the Packers should, you know, really avoid stuff like that. When you lose to the lions in week 17, whatever, I don't care. Right. So we have the number one seed locked up who gives a hoot if we lose to the lions, right? Losing to a bad team in the middle of the season is it's getting my goat, right? It's bothering me. It's, uh, it, it ruined my kind of the majority of my Sunday, right? Like it put me in kind of a, like a on edge. And I try to get over that. Like I try to like, just think like, it's just a game that you can affect. Like there's nothing you can do about it, but it definitely like bothers me, but I know I can't do anything. Like there's nothing I can do or say, or like there's any way for me to affect the way guys play. I can't like tweet at Aaron Rodgers and him like start caring about doing things differently. Anyway, things that are bothering me about how the Packers played. Uh, Rodgers is playing in order to not throw picks, throwing the ball low and away. And like, that's something that I think that he's done the vast majority of his career. We've seen where that wasn't good in a couple of years and it affected our win loss standards. Um, He throws it towards the ground more, you know, at a guy's knees instead of at his chest so that if it is dropped, it doesn't create a turnover. And I think that that served him really well throughout his career, looking at his uh, interception numbers way better than most people's. Um, The problem is that the wide receivers we currently have can't catch that ball. So that means you can't put it there. 
if if you put a couple of those third downs in Romeo Dobbs's chest instead of at his knee, I think he catches those balls, turns it upfield, and we have a first down and we keep rolling. And that's not what happened. So I think that's on Dobbs for not catching those balls, right? Because they're thrown to you, they hit you in the hands, and you're not catching them. And then it's on Rodgers for not realizing that he can't catch that ball, right? We have to understand who is on the field with us and what we need to do. It's not Devontae Adams anymore. It's not the guy who's going to great take that grab and move forward with that ball. It just isn't. And like Lazard was sitting for most of that, uh, the second half of the fourth quarter too, makes it even more difficult. You have to adjust to that. I get that Rodgers is the elite piece on this team, but maybe the adjustment falls to him then. Now, Dobbs and Samori Tori and Rodgers, they all have to like start working on that piece. They have to figure it out on how to catch that pass. But at the moment, they haven't figured it out and they need the quarterback to adjust to them instead of them adjusting to the quarterback at the moment. I get that Rodgers is elite and I believe that wholeheartedly. I don't think that he's a head case. I don't think that he's a whiner. I think that he's throwing that pass to keep the ball safe. And at this point in the season, I'd rather you throw that pass to catch the first down rather than keep the ball safe. Um, I touched on this early and earlier. Aaron Jones isn't getting the ball enough. AJ Dillon isn't getting the ball enough. Um, those are probably so Aaron Jones for sure is the best skill position player we have. And AJ Dillon is if he's not the second best, he's probably the third or fourth. Right? He's right there. He's right in the top end of that. And he's been a little should, bit disappointing this year, though. Like he doesn't seem like he's got like the vision that he needs. So that might be fair, but um he also isn't getting the touches. So their touches are mostly under 20, 20 touches a game for this season. Um, looking back, um, I know this one for sure is, is at 12 for um, rush attempts. Um, I'm pretty sure the last two games have been in the same boat. And I don't know if that falls on um, Matt LaFleur or if that falls on the offensive coordinator who that exactly falls on. I don't believe that Rogers is just generally checking out of run plays into pass plays all the time. I don't think, I don't so. think, I don't think that that's probably like necessarily the standard. And I think if it was Lafleur would correct it. Like, Hey, like you don't have options anymore. Like you used to have options and now you don't. Right. So I'm telling the public, we're going to get Jones more touches and you keep, pulling out a run place. I don't know if that's the case. I think that Lafleur and the offensive coordinator abandoned the run immediately when we see any sense of adversity, right? Which we weren't even down. We were up 14 to three. You should be just hammering the ball on the run game during that time. Even when you're at 14 to 10, you should be hammering the ball on the run game. Like it shouldn't be something that you're, you get away from. Um, I think we throw way too many deep balls. I think if you want to take two shots a quarter, go for it. But like, it feels like we're throwing a deep ball 
on every third down we get. And that's three to four times a quarter, and it's not, just not okay. Um, and then we get to like a third and 12, and we're rushing three guys. We're not even like attempting to pressure the quarterback. Well, when quarterbacks have time, they find the holes, they find the receivers, especially when you have good wide receivers. And um, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, both are good plus wide receivers in the NFL. Like they're going to find a way to get open. Antonio Gibson is a great receiving uh, running back. Uh, is it McKissick that's with Washington? JD McKissick? Or is he with the Chiefs? Yeah, I I don't think they have another. McKissick they have another like third down back with um, Robinson. No. So Robinson's like they're more like power back. And then they have a receiving back and Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson was a. Yeah, no, J.D. McKissick. You're right. Yep. My bad. Yeah, okay. So McKissick is a like a third down back who receives really well out of the backfield. And then Antonio Gibson was a wide receiver in college. Right. So like. They have the ability to catch passes. To only rush three players and not put any pressure on your. On the quarterback is pretty silly. And I saw that at least twice that we get to a third and long and they're rushing three guys. And then they got a spy on Heineke. Just rush him, rush him with six, like make him make a fast play. And I think that's when Heineke is going to make mistakes. Now he's getting better every year in the league. I understand that. And there's might be sometimes we get burned, but I don't get, I don't think we get burned as much as, we did. And so that just rolls into my next point. We're not blitzing enough. Put some pressure on the quarterback. Let guys like Alexander and Stokes and Savage and Amos make plays on the back end. Campbell's making plays. Uh, Walker's going to make some plays. I think that our back end defense is really, really good. And we need to put five to six guys towards the quarterback and make him panic consistently and i don't think we're doing that enough all right pat what did you think of that no i mean you always bring up good points uh i, I would say like for my takeaways for this one that uh devondra campbell pick six was super athletic uh quite for sure. walker this this week i started seeing him get getting after the ball I do think the Packers defense is good. I think the Packers I agree. defense is real. And I just don't know what we can do on offense. So my wishful thinking is uh, maybe we're just trying to rope-a-dope the league and show them like we have like super like basic plays. But honestly, the Packers offense reminds me of the scene in the replacements when uh, Falco – is talking about what quicksand is. And he was like, yeah, and just the harder you try, the, like, you're in quicksand. So the more you struggle, the the more it, like, suffocates you. Because, I mean, watching that game and then watching it over again, the Packers have nothing come easy to them on offense. And that's coaching. Like, that's play calling. And it doesn't matter like who the guys are. Like if it's Amari Rogers, if it's 
Lazard, if it's Watkins, like we just aren't getting anybody open. And I don't think it should be that way. And I, I, I attribute to like play calling is it's bad. Like I think in the past, when we have a guy like uh, Adams, he beats people on his own. So we don't need to be too clever with him to like play call, but like the Packers need to quit being stubborn and being like, Hey, we're going to beat people without throwing some wrinkles in our playbook is ridiculous. And like you said, the biggest point is when we were getting Aaron Jones, the ball early in the game, we were winning the fucking game. Like and late it, in the game, like when we gave him the ball, good things fucking happened. Yeah, he made that touchdown catch that he had was amazing. Like I was like, okay, no, I'm yeah. back on board. Like, and it wasn't it wasn't a catch that a running back needs to be able to make. He just can make that catch, which thank God that he can. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and like Gibson making a touchdown catch, like the way they use Gibson where they had him spread out wide, you could do that with Jones. You could treat Jones like Debo Samuel, running back heavy rather than wide receiver heavy, right? So like yeah. just kind of inverse of what Debo Samuel is, and he would be super effective. And that's what I don't get. I think I think you could have Dylan on the field and you can have Jones on the field at the same time. And I think that should happen more often, especially when we don't have any other weapons. Like I think you could put Jones in the slot, like you were just saying, and, and our offense is going to be a lot better for it. If we do some stuff like that. Um, But I will say is like the Packers are running into some bad luck. Uh, Yep. The the McLaurin catch uh while Thigpen was just getting hammered. Like that this is just the story of our season right now. I don't know if you remember the play, but they needed like a big third down. And the Packers actually did bring heat that time. Thigpen gets just clocked and just lobs the ball up. And McLaurin comes back, makes the catch. And like why are you calling him Thigpen? Isn't it Tyler? You're talking about Heineke, Taylor Heineke. Oh, my bad. Who's thinking? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I was thinking of uh, the old Chiefs quarterback. I think there was a thick pen in the league for a while. I can't remember. Like, I want to say that it was like a wide receiver for the Steelers, but. I have no, no idea. Thick pen was def- definitely a quarterback. <laughs> but anyways, yes, Heineke. Um, you know, mixed up with my number fours. He was number four as well. So too much whiskey tonight, Pat. Too much yeah, whiskey. Apparently, I gotta I gotta learn my limits on that. But yeah, Heineke just gets hammered and then throws the ball up. McLaurin comes back and catches it. Now I feel dumb though. But Tyler Thigpen Sorry. definitely. No, but it's right because it was Tyler Thigpen and then Taylor Heineke. Look it up. They're the same. Joe Heineke, Joe Thigpen, but yeah. No, they're the same player. Same dude? Yeah. Fair enough. They're they're the same guy. He just changed his name. 
But yeah, that, that just seems to be the story of our season. Like we just can't get anything to go right. Um, I think, I guess the one thing I did like is like the last play of the game, how everybody seemed like they were all in on it. And, and it was like a fun last play of the game. I mean, not that we really had a chance to get it, but like when Rogers got the ball downfield and he was still like going all out for it is like, I don't see how anybody can fault him for like not trying, not, not having his head in the game. It's just the way he is. And then my last thing was anybody saying for love to come into the game is just ridiculously idiotic to me. Yeah. So I don't think that Rogers is missing passes. I think that where he's throwing the ball is like intentional, right? So where he puts that ball on uh, Mari Rogers on the long play, I think he's like the only person that can catch this ball is Rogers. I'm going to make sure that it is a yard too far rather than a yard too short. A yard too short creates an interception opportunity. I'm going to put this ball at um, Dobbs's knee because all he's got to do is catch the ball and like basically turn up field and we have a first down. I'm going to, you know, yeah, twice. No, that was. You're the case. I think that right. I think that he's making that decision deliberately and not understanding that the receivers we have on the field aren't actually going to catch that ball. Right. Ready for my Packers spicy meatball though. Oh, drop it. I think we should try to see what Amari Rogers can do in the offense. Like, yes. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. But he dropped that deep ball, but like, that was by no means an easy catch for him to make. But then Correct. on like the quick out that he got, like he made guys miss like after he got, he looks ball. like the only guy on the offense that can get open. And the only guy that's like pushing to get extra yards when like, he looks like one of the 2010 wide receivers, like a guy yeah. that catches a ball, makes a guy miss and starts going. And I think that's the punt returner in him, which is which is a plus. That's a huge plus. Yeah, but then I, of I agree. Course, he fumbles that punt, and I was like, "Man, he's gonna get cut." And I think he saved his job with like being the only guy that got open deep, and then also scrapping for one of the first downs that he got late in the game. So I think that he should be um, removed from the punt return duties. There has to be a guy that can play better than that. I mean, you've had three muffs in two years. That's way too many. You should have zero. The only thing you have to do is catch the ball. That's the only thing a punt returner has to do is catch the ball. You don't want another thing. I can't do it. I'm not saying that like I can do it. I'm saying that if that's your job, that's what you have to do. Oh yeah. There's no chance that we can do it. I'm not, I'm not calling into the question. I, but, yeah. but yeah, you, you would think we could just find a guy that can catch the ball. And that's all we care about now is like, I mean, obviously Cobb's Cobb's hurt right now, but man, we've been having just such bad luck with that over the past. Cobb dropped one last year too. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, who, who do you go to? But yeah, you, you would think you could get some guy and just specialize in it. 
But this is this is another thing that I found interesting in the game. Do you remember early in the game, uh, the the Chiefs were punting it like from their own end zone, and and they got a the whole Commanders league. or the Chiefs? Wow, yeah, the Chiefs. I'm just, I'm just no, I'm just making sure we're talking about the same thing because like we were on no. the Packer game, we jumped to the Chiefs. That's all, you know. No, it's the thick pen thing that's throwing me off. But yeah, no, the Commanders were like in their end zone punting it. They punted it off, and then they got a holding call, and then Rich Bisaccia made them punt again. Uh, no, so I missed. I missed at least up until the um, uh, Jones touchdown. I didn't see the Jones touchdown except for on replays. Okay, but anyways, it, it was pretty cool to see that like he had that much control because. He had like faith in his team that he was going to block the punt the second time. They didn't block the punt, obviously, but it, it was just cool to see like his influence in it. And I don't know, like the special is teams that the one he dropped? No, 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 no. Okay, not that time. So, but it was just interesting. Right. Uh, I think for the people out there listening that watch the game that are still listening after I've referred to <laughs> Heineke as Thigpen and start turn the turn the commanders into the chiefs over this time but just interesting interesting play but yeah i i think amari rogers might need to see the field a little bit more on offense and i would agree i think that he's the slot receiver that needs to be on the field instead of like a cop right at this point like so Cobb is hurt Cobb was playing really really well but like instead of putting somebody else in there put Rodgers in there I think that he is ready to be a good wide receiver and I think that he's ready to not return punts anymore but Aaron Rodgers hates him for some reason it seems like I guess I don't know that for a fact but uh some of those interviews early in the season where that he was like yes he's the punt returner right now it, it just seems like there's a reason that he dislikes Amari Rodgers more which is weird he- because you know, the Cobb loves him. Uh, Rogers, which is weird yeah. because no Cobb loves. Yeah. Amari Rogers. Okay. Like, like, I don't want to say, I want to say like they have like some weird connection. Like he's his godfather or something like that. Okay. Yeah. That is interesting. So I guess we'll like see a weird connection. Happens. I don't know if that's what it is. It's something like that though. Yeah. No, we'll see how that pans out. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for the Packer game. Sorry for taking you guys on a wild, wild ride from the Packers playing Tyler Thigpen and the Chiefs to them playing. Yeah, Taylor we just want to say it. we just want to say that uh, we're not doubting the Packers yet. No, and all you no. suckers, you can right. We'll get yep. to that in a minute, but uh, we're gonna start rolling through our uh, picks for the week. Um, Saints at Cardinals. Money uh, minus two. Um, Cardinals take this mostly due to the fact that Andy Dalton just shits the bed and throws two picks. Um, without those two picks, the Cardinals probably have a much rougher time. They were kind of fighting with each other on the sidelines, like coaching quarterback, but Cardinals rolled to this one 42 34. Uh, next up, we got the Packers versus the Commanders. Uh, Packers hurt. shit the bed here. It hurt hurt a lot. We just went over that. 
We won't get into it. We both took the Packers. We're both going to take the Packers next week. Don't be doubting it. Like, we're going to beat the Bills. It ain't no worries. Um, next up, we got the Falcons at the Bengals. What do you got, Pat? Bengals are back to humming. So they look good. Falcons aren't that great. I want to say uh, now I'm just messing up all, all quarterbacks' names. But Mariota like, was like – Joe sick. Mariota? Joe Mariota was like 6 of 15 in that game. But anyways, long story short, Bengals are back to home and they're a good team. Uh, next game we got is Lions at the Cowboys. And I wanted to say, just looking at the score of this game, that the Cowboys are actually a pretty good team. But going back and watching this game, I mean, it was a lot closer than the score actually made it look. And if the Lions weren't the Lions and doing Lion things, they had a good shot of winning this game. So I don't know where to give the credit in this game. I think the Lions beat themselves, and I think the Cowboys are competent. So I'm not I'm yeah, not going to say the Cowboys are a good team after seeing this score. I would agree, and I want to I want to see what Dak does after a couple games under his belt. So this one doesn't make me say, "Oh my God, the Cowboys are great" by yeah. any means. Yeah. Uh, rolling on, we got the Colts at the Titans, and basically the Titans um, jump out to an early lead and then just hang on, right? So, yeah, they end no, up winning nineteen to ten. And my struggle with this is I just can't give the Titans the credits they the credit they need, and I keep giving the Colts way too much credit. But the Titans are, a good I think, team. they can run. Titans the got one of the best coaches in the league. Right. So Vrabel is just super good. Yeah. It sure seems like that. And then obviously they have one of the best running backs in the league and they have a good defense. So yes, they're going to win games. And I just can't wrap my head around why they're good, even though I just said exactly why they're good. And then the Colts, on the other hand, I just feel like they should be good and they're just not very good. Yeah. Speaking of, they benched their quarterback today for top. Joe Ellinger. Joe. If Ellinger. you believe his name, if you believe his name is Joe, like, all right, good for you. Um, but uh, they benched their quarterback for Ellinger. I don't remember what his first name is. I want to say like Tyler or something like Taylor or something like that, but I'm sure it's not. Um, yeah. But they benched Matt Ryan today, which is a kind of a big deal. Um, no, moving see, on, we got. I didn't from even hear one that. bench. Yeah, from one bench quarterback to the next. Um, the Buccaneers minus eleven at the Panthers. Um, the Panthers whooped the shit out of the Buccaneers, twenty-one to three with PJ Walker at the helm and the interim head coach, who I have no idea who it is, and I should, at the very least, have like a close idea, but not even close to that. So, said he's probably going to sit Baker and keep PJ Walker in and just like see what happens. No, after like they traded him. and they traded Christian McCaffrey on Thursday. Yeah, no, I do think the Buccaneers kind of run into a rough spot there of like not knowing what to prepare for at all. But still, you can't lose that game to like that shitty Carolina Panthers team. I yeah, will say agreed. I do still think the Bucs are going to win that division. And I don't know why. I think it's because I can't just get off teams at all this year. Yeah, I thought you were a Falcons guy, though. Uh, I was and am, <laughs> but 
I just think the Buccaneers are better than the Saints and the Falcons this year and the Panthers, but apparently it didn't look like it that much. Yep. All right, moving on, we got the Giants at the Jaguars, minus three, which was a weird, like, how, like, a two-and-four team gets the um, gets favored in a game, couldn't figure it out. Um, Giants do what they do. Jaguars came out to a little bit of a lead early, and then Giants come back late and take it. Daniel Jones looks like kind of the real deal. He doesn't make all the plays, but he makes them when he needs to. Yeah, I got nothing for you there. Uh, next game we have is Browns at the Ravens, and Ravens win that one 23 to 20. I don't think anything in this game was too surprising. Um, I felt like the Ravens were going to win this game for sure. Uh, the Browns made it a little bit closer than I thought it was going to be. But, but yeah, that's all I got. Uh, Mike's theory. Uh, I, I could just let you cook Mike Ravens led teams back in the game late. And, it, and that's the way it seemed to be it. right. Is that they were up 23 to something and like late touchdown, lets them into the game backdoor cover. And that's kind of how it happens. The Ravens need to figure out how to close games. If they can figure out how to close games, the Ravens are going to be one of the best teams in the league. Moving on. we got the jets at the Broncos. Um, the Jets beat the Broncos 16 to nine. The Broncos are bad. Um, Russell Wilson sits this game out due to a hamstring injury. And uh, I guess the big news out of this game is Brees Hall tears his ACL and he is out for the season, which really hurts the Jets. So they go out and they trade for James Robinson out of Jacksonville. Really? Damn, Mike, you are yep. dropping some news for me today. I've been out of the loop on that one. Uh, but yeah, the Jets looked good, but I guess if Brees Hall's not there, uh, well, that- so but James Robinson coming in, like if he can get into the offense and like start to function inside the offense right away, they're going to be just fine. Now, if it takes him a game or two, like I'd I'd say that's that's still pretty close to right away. And having what are they five and two, right? So like they're five and two. Oh yeah, if they. Yeah. If they drop two games in a row and then get rolling again, they're going to be just fine. They should be able to at least make the playoffs. But um, James Robinson's great running back. I can't understand exactly why the Jaguars got rid of him, to be honest with you. But uh, that is what it is. Like bad yeah, teams they- making bad moves. Like you have a good running back that you drafted in the fifth round, but you don't want to keep him around for some dumb reason. I don't. I don't get it, Doug. You're fucking up over there in Jacksonville. Figure it out, Peterson. Did they get some compensation out of him? uh, I don't remember what the pick was. I want to say that it was like a conditional sixth and could turn into a fifth. So it wasn't even like special compensation, right? Like a fifth round is like a lottery pick. Like nothing like really worth anything. Like I'm going to go and buy a lottery ticket and see what happens as a fifth rounder. Where James Robinson plus running back for a long time in this league, three, four years. Um, Moving on, we got the Texans at the Raiders. The Raiders win this game 38 to 20. They were seven-point favorites. Um, I guess I should have just expected this. I don't really have anything to say on it, but I should have expected the Raiders beat the Texans. Davis Mills, I think, is an okay quarterback, but outside of that, I don't know that Texans have anything special on their whole team. 
Yeah. The only thing I got out of this is Texans are dog shit. The Raiders are okay. Um, They can handle teams at home when they need to. And that's what they did. Yep. All right. Moving on. we got the Seahawks at the Chargers. And maybe like my biggest surprise of the year is the Seahawks. Um, They win this game 37 to 23. They are putting up a shitload of points. Um, I hate the Chargers. I think that their coach is kind of an idiot that just thinks, you know, my players are good and I should have won games because my players are good. I think he's a moron. Like, and maybe that's why you lose games is because you're just like, I'm going to be an idiot. But the Seahawks have been producing. The downfall here is they lose uh, DK Metcalf for two to five weeks. That should probably affect their offensive scoring, but we'll see. Um, Ken Walker has been very, very good coming out of the backfield. And then their wide receiving, like Geno Smith's been playing out of his mind. He's been what people expected him to be when he was drafted in the first round. Yeah. Seahawks are just way better than any of us expected to be. And the chargers are just still the same old chargers. That's all I got. Same old chargers. I like it. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I was looking at their schedule and I was like, they're going to lose, uh, they're going to lose like this game in the, like, the next game. And then I think they play the chiefs and then they'll end up beating the chiefs. Like that's, that's just how the chargers roll. But yeah, they'll, they're going to end up beating some really good teams. And we're going to be like, where did this come from? But like, that's like you said, just what the chargers do. They win games. They're not supposed to and lose games. They're not supposed to. But yeah, that's a good segue into the Chiefs minus two and a half at the 49ers. We were both dumbasses thinking that this was a trap and the Chiefs just handle business like they should. And, and let's, give only- it, let's give a nice little shout out to uh, Garrett, who uh, said this was an easy, easy bet right here. You take, you take <laughs> the Chiefs two and a half, like no doubt about it. Um, he was for sure right. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously after the score and I think both of us were on the train of like overthinking this one. And honestly, when the 49ers got uh, Christian McCaffrey, like I was like, one, I was like, why did the 49ers get Christian McCaffrey? Like, it doesn't seem to make too much sense. I mean, you'll take them if you get them. Like I, I don't, you won't say like, no, we don't want that guy, but it just doesn't seem like the team that like, needed him enough to give up enough to get him and yeah i don't think that they gave up that much though honestly they didn't give up a first round pick so like i get that they gave up like a second third fourth and like sixth and seventh which is a lot of picks right but you almost can't replace christian mccaffrey with those five picks i mean as much as he's been hurt and as much depth as like the the Panthers are going to need. Yeah, they're going to need that that's, for sure. Yeah, like I don't think that's like an awful move on their part. And I think the 49ers are kind of like pretty well set with their uh, with their team. Like, I mean, they have good defense. They can run the ball. They have a competent quarterback in Garoppolo. But anyways, yeah, my takeaway from this is Chiefs are the class of the AFC right up there with uh, Buffalo. If those yep. teams don't meet in the playoffs, something's wrong. But I, I still think the 49ers are a good team. Um, they're just not on par with the Chiefs or Buffalo. 
Yeah, so I did think that like uh, this is the Jimmy Garoppolo game that you think this is why we need somebody else, right? Yeah, like he just didn't perform the way he can, right? So sometimes he's awesome; he protects the ball perfectly well. Their defense performs really well, and then they dominate teams. In this game, he just didn't do it. Uh, moving on from that, we're going to go to the Steelers versus the Dolphins. Um, Steelers at the Dolphins. Dolphins are minus seven. Um, Dolphins shit the bed and like really like wreck my chance for a really, really good week. And it kind of pissed me off. Like you should dominate this team and the Steelers are the Steelers and they just figure out how to keep this goddamn game close. And I couldn't figure out like how they were doing it, but they did. Yeah, no. I watched when, the whole thing and I couldn't figure out how they were like keeping it close. Yeah. And when two is back, I mean, the Dolphins are going to win these games. Like two, Tua seems like he's actually a good quarterback uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Pittsburgh did keep this game close, but I don't think it was ever like too much in doubt on the Dolphins half at all. Um, Oh, yeah. Dolphins so I think that's what the problem is, is that like they couldn't separate by more than six. You They'll know what I mean? Figure it like, out, I... Though. They'll figure it out with Hill and Waddle. I mean, they just have like too many weapons to not figure it out, and especially with Hill coming from a team like that knows how to separate. I think I think that's just a good guy to have in the locker room. Like that's won a Super Bowl and knows how to step on throats. Like I, I think this Dolphins team is going to be feisty to say the least. Yeah. So I think the Dolphins team is good. Um, like I said, the Steelers just figure something out. I mean, like I'm, I can't figure out how they stay in this game, like where they're in and into the late into the fourth quarter. I thought the Dolphins dominated in the game in general, and then they just stayed it into it. Right. I couldn't couldn't figure this out. And like speaking of things that I can't figure out, um, and I did kind of predict this, but uh the Bears at Patriots, Patriots are minus seven and a half. Where are we at with that game, Matt? You know, are you right off hand? You know where we're at? Um so I, I got it here. Bears are winning twenty six to fourteen in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so there was almost no chance that the Patriots cover this game. I'd be, I'd be stunned if this was a if they found the ability to cover this game. They might find the ability to win this game, but to cover this game, I would be straight stunned. And after going in and just like throttling the Lions, I can't figure out how the Patriots don't at least beat the Bears, especially in right? Foxborough. Yeah, what are you doing? Like, I can't figure it out. Like. Um, I'm surprised that Bill Belichick hasn't confused Justin Fields so bad that he just wants to quit football. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't see this one coming, but general theme of the show lately, I have had two shitty weeks back to back. Looks like I'm running the 10 K, uh, fade the shit out of me. Actually next week, you might not want to, maybe, maybe I'll, get on the right wavelength, but everything I've been doing from playing roulette to betting football, I've been doing wrong lately, but 
Looks like Mike is going to take the cake this week and end up with positive 30 bang bongs. It looks like I'm going to end up with negative 810 bang bongs. But anyways, from there, Mike, let's go to some Thursday night thunder. And what we have for Thursday night thunder is the Ravens at the Buccaneers and the Ravens are minus one and a half. And you want me to pick first? I think you you picked first last time. So I can pick first. I'm gonna. God, this is this game is making me overthink it. I'm taking the Ravens because I'm thinking like there's no way the Buccaneers shit the bet again. I'm gonna take the Ravens. They're gonna shit the bet again. Vegas doesn't think that the Buccaneers can shit the bet again. They're trying to double trick me here, taking the Ravens. All right. I want to double stamp it just because we've been good when we've been double stamping these Thursday night games. Yeah. But I am on the same wavelength as you. And man, rewatching that Buccaneers game, there was a lot of big drops for them early. Uh, And then they got put on the spot. Not really, even. No, I'm gonna go Ravens. Let's let's double stamp another one. No, wait. Do you want the bucket? Because you almost convinced me to take the Buccaneers. I'm like right on. Like, I on think we gotta go game. in. I think we gotta go in together. We gotta win this or lose this together. All right. So we gotta roll roll together as the. What? So like, what were you gonna take? The Buccaneers. Fuck it. Let's roll the Buccaneers. Let's go. Double stamped. Mark it down. All right. Buccaneers, it is on Thursday night. Get ready for it, guys. Uh, That's been almost a guarantee. I think we are four for four in the last. Like, we are right on from when I started paying attention to that. We were picking the same team on Thursday night. So I mean, we could probably go back and look if we really wanted, but that sounds like work, so let's not do it. Yeah, we're not doing that. Anyways, that will wrap up the show for the week. Sorry, I figured out how much whiskey I need to drink and how much whiskey I don't need to drink. This was a little too much whiskey, this one. but Bullshit. But we appreciate the support. Thank you guys for listening. We love you. And Mike, tell them what to do to support the show. All right. So thank you guys for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, You either know what to do and you can shut the podcast off right at the moment, or you can take your uh, significant other's phone, download it on there, take your kid's phone, download it on there. Every device that you can find, download it on all that. Make sure you play it on silent double speed. We want the listens makes us feel good about our lives. And for all you suckers that are doubting the bucks, the badgers, the Packers, or the brewers, you can eat our shorts. Roll it. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers can't Eat my shows. Eat my shows.